It's all about your health, your wellness. Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Get healthier, get fit, eat better, have a richer quality of life. Health on the go. Staying well with Melanie Cole, MS. Well, if you're trying to get pregnant and having trouble, you know you might go through treatments and see doctors, but you might not know that there are certain foods that could help boost your fertility. My guest is Elisa Vitti. She's the founder of the Food Therapy Program. Welcome to the show, Elisa. Let's talk about fertility now. Some foods are said to boost fertility. Tell us a few of those foods and please tell us why those foods might help fertility. Sure. One of my favorite fertility-boosting foods is buckwheat. This grain is rich in the compound D-chiroinositol, which has been shown to drop insulin and testosterone levels, which helps us increase the rates of ovulation. And of course, when you're ovulating, you have a better chance of conceiving. That's one of my favorites. Um, another one is uh, actually egg yolks. And this is, they have to be free range, of course, but they're high in vitamin D and the precursors for progesterone production, which, of course, is essential for both maintaining healthy ovulation, but also maintaining um, a healthy pregnancy. Um, Let's see, another one that I love are chickpeas. This, just one serving of this legume can maintain proper B6 levels, which are essential for the production of healthy progesterone levels for conception as well as improving, improving sperm and egg development. So those are some of, the, some of my favorites. Of course, I love avocado, um, which, you know, there's been a really famous study that shows um, women who eat avocados three times a week um, have positively affected IVF outcomes. Uh, cinnamon is another well-studied uh, uh, herb that helps um, improve the insulin response in the body, which improves ovulation rates. And, of course, turmeric is another great uh, herb that helps uh, bring a lot of circulation to the ovaries. So many different foods really can help, uh, you know, fertility from a documented, studied way. But what's really exciting is not just thinking about spot-treating the diet uh, and saying, okay, I'm going to eat a ton of buckwheat and a ton of cinnamon and that's going to help. We also want to look at the endocrine system overall and start feeding the endocrine system so that it can do its job, which is to help you have a healthy pregnancy. Now, Elisa, you're talking about these foods and cinnamon and avocado and buckwheat Mm -hmm. and wonderful foods, which are basically superfoods anyway. Mm -hmm. Are these better suited to eat by the woman or by the man? And do they help boost fertility if a man is eating avocado or a man is eating buckwheat? Well, the endocrine system, you know, exists in both men and women. And, you know, for women, it's really important to make sure that your hormone levels are balanced because that, you know, you need to have a key ratio of estrogen and progesterone to make the body idealized for conception and pregnancy. With men, it's really about getting great micronutrients into the body for ideal sperm quality. So some of these foods are excellent for men as well. Um, but I would add a few for men, such as sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, Brazil nuts. These are high in zinc and selenium, which, again, have been shown to improve sperm quality as well. And that's really great information. Now, what about some foods that maybe we should avoid if we're trying to get pregnant, both men and women? Are there certain foods that really can decrease fertility and make it harder? Absolutely. Again, all of this is is 
studied information. So I never like to just say, oh, stop eating bad food or sugary food because that just seems so, you know, deprivation-based. But we know that gluten and dairy and sugar and caffeine, sort of these pro-inflammatory foods, really start to kick off a whole uh, system of signaling to the ovary, the hypothalamus, the pituitary gland to say that it's not an ideal time for conception because the body is under this state of inflammation. And there have been several studies showing women who consume too much gluten, whether they have celiac disease or mild gluten sensitivity, uh, this can actually really affect ovulation and conception. And you mentioned eggs. I think you said egg whites. I said egg yolks. Egg eggs yolks, not, okay. Egg, eggs are not dairy. People get that confused a lot. <laughs> um, eggs are, you know, although they sit in the dairy case, they actually come out of a completely different part of the animal's body. <laughs> so they're definitely Well, yes, dairy. and I wasn't saying that they were dairy. I'm saying you mentioned eggs and you mentioned egg yolks, but what about the whole egg? Is there is there a crossed purpose going with the eggs there? I mean, the, Or just the, eggs know, in all- general are so good for you? Well, as long as they're, you know, farm-raised, you know, pasture-fed and, and free-range, that's, that's really great. Um, you can eat the whole egg. The yolk is the part that contains some of the micronutrients that are essential. But what's great about the egg whites is that they contain plenty of amino acids that are very bioavailable. And, you know, all of your hormones are manufactured from amino acids. So if you're not getting enough protein in your diet and you're having trouble conceiving, one of the things to look at is how can we boost your uh, availability of those amino acids to make adequate levels of hormones such that you can do what your body's designed to do. Elisa, people ask me all the time, how do you cook these certain superfoods? What do you do with these certain superfoods? And you mentioned buckwheat. People don't know what to do with it. Like oatmeal, do you cook it like quinoa? What do you do with it? Yeah, you just cook. It's such a simple grain to cook. It takes no time at all. You boil your water first. So it's a two-to-one ratio. Let's say you have a cup of water. You boil that with a pinch of salt. Once it's at a rolling boil, then you add in a half a cup of buckwheat, cover it with a lid, drop the heat all the way down, and, you know, 10 minutes later it's done. All the water will be evaporated, the buckwheat will be cooked, and then you can have it uh, however you like, with a little drizzle of oil, with some nuts and seeds chopped up into it. You can do what you would do with any other grain with buckwheat. Do you feel that a raw diet or that raw foods, when you talk about sunflower seeds and avocados, that raw foods tend to be more, you know, to help the estrogen levels containing natural phytoestrogens, or is there a difference when food is cooked? Well, it really depends on where you are in your reproductive life cycle and what your issues are. So if you're coming into trying to conceive with a history of PCOS or fibroids or endometriosis or ovarian cysts, or, you know, uh, cystic breast disease, things of this nature, you don't want to be having a lot of foods with phytoestrogen, especially soy, etc., because it's going to just end up exacerbating your already estrogen-dominant body. So actually here the focus is not on um, so much on the raw food for the phytoestrogen content. It's really about getting foods in that are going to help the liver metabolize, break down estrogen as quickly as possible. So it's a one-two punch of micronutrients like vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin E, um, things that you can get from whole foods and and vegetables. And then, of course, dark leafy greens to help the liver, but also the large intestine, 
keep that transit time in the bowel really efficacious and moving all of that estrogen out of your body really quickly. If, on the other hand, you're moving towards, you know, the latter stages of the, you know, the early part of perimenopause, which is, you know, 35 to 45, right? And you'll say you're 40 and you're trying to conceive and you're starting to have some issues with lower estrogen. This is where using some more raw foods with those phytoestrogenic compounds at more availability to you would be beneficial. So you have to know where you are and what your needs are. And this is why looking at the whole woman and the whole endocrine system is so important because, again, thought treating just doesn't work. Really great information. Can you, in the last 30 seconds, please wrap it up for us in foods and maybe even activities, things that you can do that boost fertility? One of my favorite recommendations for women when, when I have them, actually a whole chapter in my book, Woman Code, is dedicated to this along with all of the fertile foods that we talked about, is using um, the concept of self-pleasure to boost the hormones of oxytocin, nitric oxide, and vasopressin. These uh, neurotransmitters and hormones actually help regulate ovulatory patterns, boost progesterone levels, and help you with conception. So uh, sometimes we can actually get at uh, improving endocrine performance by feeling really good. So we don't have to feel bad all the time during the trying to conceive process. We can actually make this a pleasurable experience. Um, Thank you so much. You're listening to Radio MD. Show is staying well. This is Melanie Cole. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and stay well.